Welcome to the Humans of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the talk for change across the entire financial technology industry. Today we are joined by Ali Hamriti, co-founder and CEO of Roly. Roly is the API for employment data in Europe. They provide lenders, insurers and many other businesses with quick and reliable access to employment data of their customers and help them take better and fairer decisions. So Ali and I met on the stage at Money 2020 talking about talent and he is here today to share more about how we can set up our people for success. So he's going to share his story and some of his lessons along the way. Ali, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Nadia. <laughs> Definitely great to see you again. Yeah, and brilliant to have you here. So let's start. Tell us about Roly and your role there, please. Yeah, definitely. So Roly is an API that allows any business to access its customers' employment data, like their income or activity, with the user consent. The use cases are various, and we currently work with lenders to improve their credit scoring model, ECO fleet managers to monitor their activity, our accountants to automate taxes calculation. I'm one of the founders of Rolly and I act as a CEO, which is an evolving position, especially in the early stage. So my current focus is on developing the business in the UK. This is our main market. Hiring unique talents. This is what I like the most, obviously. Building partnerships and working on fundraising. Yeah, fantastic. And I love how you've explained all these different elements that make up your your day-to-day role because, you know, one founder, one CEO, there's so many things that, that change depending on what the mission is. So let's start with what made you start Roly. Like, where did it all come from? Sure. It's based on my past experience, actually, and a long series of discussions with my first advisor, Camille Mohid. So greetings, Camille, who helped me launch the project. I worked for a fintech just before Rolly that provided loans to self-employed people and small businesses. And they hired me to build a credit scoring model. So my first responsibility was to look for alternative data sets to create something innovative that could make the process of creating loans fairer than before. So I looked to open banking data, accounting data, and more traditional information like business balance sheets. But we figured out with my team that something is missing especially for self-employed people, which is having a clear view of their income and activity. So we spend a lot of time trying to infer their financial situation, why we could access this data from other platforms like HR software, click platforms, creators platforms. So we wanted to have quick and reliable access to this data, but we didn't find any solution to do it. The company I used to work for had to shut down because of the pandemic. So actually, I had like two choices, joining another fintech with a similar position or starting my entrepreneurship journey. <laughs> I'm not going to detail the choice I made, I think. And uh, yeah, I mean, we decided with my co-founders to solve this big pain, the fact that employment data is fragmented across hundreds of different platforms and to provide all of these companies with a reliable solution to make their process more inclusive. I absolutely love that. It's such an important story to share because we're often faced with choices in our career and it's fantastic that this is the choice that you took. Now, your mission, it's incredibly important to you. It's incredibly important to your entire business model. I wanted you to share some of that with us, please. 
Yeah, definitely. Actually, our mission is crucial to make our business model sustainable. What is really exciting with what we provide to our customers is that we'll be able to measure the impact of our solution on financial inclusiveness in the long term. Uh, let's take a simple example. A lender who used to rely on traditional credit bureaus to score self-employed people can measure how its acceptance rules became more inclusive with related data without increasing its default rate, which is accepting more people who deserve that kind of loans, actually, and still having a really good performance model. And this is what we want to do with our customers is step-by-step step to have them doing more business, be more inclusive, and continue to have like, like strong metrics. And I'm really excited. And actually, I was like really surprised to have uh, early positive feedback coming from big neobanks that wants like, to change the way that they do their business with our API. It's really fascinating that you know, you're, you're challenging the way that people do business. You're challenging the way that they understand their own businesses. But you know, as I introduced this podcast, I said, we're here to walk the talk for change. You truly do walk yeah. that talk. You don't talk about it, you do it. Your whole business model is around it, which is great to see. And there are some brilliant successes that we can celebrate as well with it. So I know you've got a few examples. Please share them with us. Some team members will laugh at me because I always struggle to talk about my successes, but this is the occasion that I feel comfortable with you, Nadia. The first is, is having attracted a lot of talents. We, we launched Rolly during the pandemic and the talents were at this moment was completely insane. Compensation packages were too high. The expectations of talents have changed a lot. We had the occasion to talk about that at Money 2020. So if I have a look at where we stand right now, proud of counting on a team of 22 talents in 12 countries with a strong background. But more than their background, it's how they are committed every day to make this project successful. And this is a game changer for early stage startups to have people mature enough to know how it's painful to scale a business and are motivated to make it happen. So I'm proud and, and I feel lucky to count on all of them. This, the second one is related to one of the current hot topics as we are facing a market downturn. And it's our two past successful rounds with well-known investors. Because when you're a first-time founder with no connections with the ecosystem, you have your vision, your energy to convince people to follow you. Just that, actually. I experienced that. It's a painful process. But the reward at the end, which is hiring talent, investing in making your vision a reality was worse. And congratulations. It's, it's really great to hear everything that's been achieved in, in a relatively short amount of time, really. Now, when we were in Amsterdam and we were talking about how people can be properly supported within their businesses, you said something that really stood out for me, which was that wellness is just as important, if not more, than upskilling. And a lot of people yeah. think, that they do need to help people with their upskilling and they often overlook the wellness. So tell us your thoughts on that. For me, it starts with a simple observation, which is if someone doesn't feel comfortable or happy or doesn't work in a healthy environment, it will impact her performance. So when we look at, the, at this simple observation as an employer or a founder, you have to focus on ensuring that wellness is 
at the core of your company. Because without that, you will struggle to have a high performance from the people you decided to hire. So then you, you need to think about a good plan to execute to increase the wellness of your employees. For example, we hired a few months ago a people manager and as part of her responsibilities, there is the wellness tracking of employees and the organization of virtual and, and physical events on that topic. Some tips to other early stage founders, do not wait a long time to hire someone in that position. We usually minimize how it's essential. We have, for example, a partnership with Juno, a wellness platform where employees can use their phones to leave some wellness experiences or even reward their teammates. We really care about working, working hours. We set an unlimited holidays policy and encourage everyone to have some time off. So we have an action plan to ensure employees feel the company care about their wellness and it's not just a premise but a reality. And upskilling is also essential. It's about listening to your people and their aspirations and investing in their evolution. So if someone wants to follow a course or reach a new position, we just have to agree on a clear path to follow with specific milestones to unlock instead of being close-minded and putting people in just one box. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. And I think this is so linked to my next question because, you know, you boast 17 different countries across 22 people. You're, you know, you, you tell us all these successes. You know how to make remote work work and work well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is often the, like the conundrum that many businesses and CEOs are afraid of. You know, they're, they're afraid of remote work. They're afraid of not being able to see what people are doing, but you make it work so well. So I wanted just for you to share some of the how with all of us. Just to put more context on why we decided to be a fully robot company at the beginning, we just didn't have the choice as we started to work on Raleigh with my co-founder Pierrick between the two first lockdowns. So he doesn't live in Paris, couldn't meet every week and share some moments together. Then after our preceding round, when we wanted to hire our funding team, we had opportunities to hire talents who live outside the UK or France. And we were wondering if it makes sense to refuse talents just because they are not close to you every day, especially the time where remote work is more common, actually. So as we're in a competitive market, we thought it's not sustainable to be restrictive regarding people's location for the development of the company. So we started with our first employee, Thibaut, who decided to travel across Europe. Then we had an opportunity to hire our first developer, Herman in Argentina, agreed that just the fact he's not in Europe wasn't a reason not to hire him. Then we just figured out that it works with good disciplines, like writing, uh, writing down everything, giving a lot of context to everyone about your tasks and being transparent about what you are doing. So everything that you've just said there is really transferable. You know what you explained yeah. about notes within meetings and just being really transparent with who said what. So I've repeated yeah. this and given you credit, of course, to many, um, many different customers of ours. So many different fintechs across the space talking about, you know, how do you make remote work work well but also yeah. how do you ensure that you're attributing credit to the correct person well if notes and transparency of communication is done properly as you say 
this really supports that. So it works in so many levels. I can't believe we're already here at my last question, Ellie, but it, my last question is what more should we all be doing for better workplace inclusion? So I think the first one is to not be like really close-minded in terms of accepting new ways of working. Uh, so there is like different ways of working today. People look for different things and you just have like to set what are like your expectations, what your expectations are and to say if someone like feels that kind of expectations, I won't consider like the, the place of work as like a no-brainer, for example. If you look for someone who is like creating development, has like the right skills, the, the right like soft skills, why should we like just stop like the process with someone like that because of like its working place? So it's like more about focusing on the priorities in terms of hiring. So the human skills, the hard skills, and then try to find a way to make it work. And it starts with, for example, like companies who have like a really strong or like hard policy in terms of a remote working. So they, for example, just allow their employees for like one day per week in terms of remote working. Just think about if we test like the full remote policy, what could be like the impact on our performance, on the well-being, on all things that matter really. So it's like more about listening, listening to your employees first. And then trying, trying like a new ways of work. Don't be like afraid about that. You can like iterate a lot of, a lot of times and find, finding just the, the balance between what you want to provide to your employees in terms of well-being and what you want to keep as, an, as a company in terms of policy. But this is how you can engage your employees in the long term. With always like setting some restrictions, obviously people will just look at other place of work where they can feel more comfortable about sharing their aspirations listening first and trying after thank you so much ali this is such great advice that we can all implement listen and try and don't be afraid to try new things that could work out really well for your employees and everyone around you throughout the entirety of this podcast it's just been so brilliant how you've been so honest sharing everything about roly why you set it up the mission the business model the successes how important wellness is and how you really walk the talk for that so thank you so much for joining us on the humans of fintech podcast series thank you nadia it was a real pleasure